Hey, good evening and welcome to the Sleep With Me podcast, the podcast that puts you to sleep. Have you been tossing and turning at night, unable to stop your mind from racing and just close your eyes and drift off into dreamland? Well, I want to help. So I'm going to combine boredom and engagement and talk tonight for about 15, 20 minutes. And all you have to do is listen. And as things are slowly going to get more and more boring, and you're slowly going to get more and more relaxed and drift off into sleep. So go ahead and put your phone aside. Snuggle in under your covers. And get ready to fall asleep with me. As always, you can find us on the web at sleepwithmepodcast.com. If you need to email me, it's dearestscooter at sleepwithmepodcast.com. Or you can hit me on Twitter, at dearestscooter. If you have a chance and you can review us and rate us on iTunes, that'd be great. And make sure and let me know by email or Twitter um, or signal fire or something. And what I'll do is I'll send you a bonus episode of Bob from The Walking Dead singing his dream song, Under the Sea. And tonight we have another episode of The Walking Dead, where we discuss the boring parts of The Walking Dead here. Not the stuff you saw on TV, not kills or escapes, but pretty dull stuff. Tonight is um, Walking Dead, we're talking about Walking Dead Season 4, Episode 5, which I'm going to call Peas in a Pod. It's good to see the governor back in the house. But tonight on The Walking Dead, we're going to cover... First, I'm going to talk about some of my thoughts about this episode, just real quick. And then we're going to talk about Sasha and Herschel, Faith, Belief, and Santa Claus. And, you know, I'm going to, I scoured the internet for more jokes about spaghetti since Herschel was in such a jovial mood there. We're going to talk about the hazards of a dirty home or a dirty office. And then we're going to cover some versions of the Bible. So, thanks for coming, and I'm going to do my best to get you to sleep. There was a lot of interesting stuff in tonight's episode, or last night's episode, or Sunday night's episode, I guess, because it's Tuesday when I'm recording this, but uh, there's child soldiers, fruit leather, and obsession with brushing teeth. Um, a couple things that came to me that I didn't have time to research for this episode is if you snort antibiotics, do you think they go into your system faster? Like it, like if you can't inject something, is snorting it the second fastest way to get it into your system if you grind it up? Just a question to think about. Another thing is, who cut those trees? And with that slapstick, I mean, I loved that slapstick moment with them trying to mend the fences. Um, not very effective, guys. Rick and... The watch and time was something I thought about expounding on. Um, but it seems like a, a maybe a, just an ongoing metaphor about Rick that's above my head, so I'm not going to cover that. Um, if I could memify someone, uh, I was really afraid Glenn was not going to make it in the episode. And it, Since last episode I was talking about memes, it made me think, man, it's like, good guy Glenn gets the girl, dies. So... Maybe I'll try to memify that later and put it up. Uh, let me look through here. Just give me a second. Oh, one other thing about the episode. I don't know if you ever remember. I mean, of course you remember the show ER. 
um, not the original ER, something about putting you in stitches, which George Clooney was on, by the way. That was a comedy. But then the ER that was on NBC every Thursday night, I believe. For a few seasons, I, I was a pretty avid watcher, and it seemed like, and I'm probably mispronunciating this word, uh, like, but when you put a chest tube down, I think it's called intubate or in, in, intubate, I think, or something. I, I think for like two or three seasons straight for every episode, that was the first thing they did is either order a chest tube or intubate. Um, I, don't, I don't know. Take take it or leave it. So the, the biggest thing that stuck out to me is this, this was really a Herschel episode. And, you know, Herschel is this man of faith and belief. And then you had Sasha as someone who did the numbers. But in this whole interplay with Herschel protecting the children and self-sacrifice. And it's it's ironic for two reasons. One, it gives me a little bit more evidence that Herschel is probably the real Santa Claus. Um, but, you know, I don't have enough proof yet. But all of these struggles that happen to be just going on at the prison are actually going on in the North Pole. So right now we're going to check in on the North Pole and what's happening during this crisis with The Walking Dead, The North Pole Chronicles. If I had a cool, eerie, introductory song, it would cue now. But just close your eyes, even though they're already closed. Close the insides of your eyes, your imaginary eyes, because we're trapped. Chief, it's Rupert reporting in. I've decided to put an end to this Christmas debate, Chief. I know you guys have been putting a lot of work into this Operation Christmas Blitz, and you know I'm not nonviolent. God, you got no problem with violence, Chief. And I feel like I've expressed my opinion about the logistics. That's too early for this to work. There's not enough prep. And you seem to put, have put your boat down, Chief. I know you want to use the big night to try to save as many people as possible. But you're not going to be able to save everyone. According to the computer models we've been running, it's not even close. You're looking at maybe saving 3 to 4% of the surviving population. I know you want to hear this, and no one else is going to stand up to you and say it, Chief. But I do feel I need to remind you that we're a place that survives on faith and belief. And that belief is in us and in you. And it's a luxury the Southerners are slowly like losing mental capacity for. And I'm not trying to sound condescending. But we both know the North Pole is powered by that belief. Literally and figuratively. And the energy behind that's waning, Chief. I visited the source. I'm not sure we can last for two more eves, this year's and next. And what we got? The people down there need something to believe in, too. We need their belief, but they need to believe. It's something to keep them going, Chief. One more year, one more month. They call me Pollyanna, but I think we're the thing. 
we can give them something to believe in. That's why, as of today, I've geared up for a full population Christmas. We're going to go traditional and visit all survivors. There's going to be presents for every kid. It's just, of course, Chief, we're going to throw in some weapons and survival gear for the parents or the adults or the caretakers. But we need to let them know we're still here. We still care. And that Santa is coming to town. As your proxy, I accept full responsibility for these decisions. But Chief, while we have the resources and the energy, we need to bring Christmas back from the dead. Rupert out. All right, spaghetti jokes. I got these at um, jokes.com, one joke, and jokesforus.com. They'll be in the show notes. I think jokes.com might be owned by Comedy Central, but I'm not sure. And this first joke's called An Order of Spaghetti. A doctor was having an affair with his nurse, and after a little while, she got pregnant. And, of course, the doctor didn't want his wife to find out. So he gave the nurse some money, told her to go um, move back in with her parents in Italy and just have the baby there. And she was like, well, how how am I going to let you know the baby was born? Obviously, this joke was written, even though I found it on the Internet in probably 1970. Uh, How will I let you know the baby's born, she asked. And he replied, just send a postcard and write spaghetti on the back. I'll take care of everything. Not knowing what else to do. The nurse flew to Italy, went and had the went and moved in with her parents, and the doctor just went back to his normal life, I guess. And after a few months, he was working in his office one day. And his secretary comes in, and she's like, "Doctor, your wife's on the phone. She, she's 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 out of control. She needs to speak with you immediately." She gets on the phone. She's like, "Dear, there's some something strange here. You got this bizarre postcard from Italy. I don't understand what it means. Is there some kind of..." mental patient after you or something? The doctor says, just relax, relax, wait wait till I get home. You know, I'll take care of it. Thinking, okay, I got myself a baby. So the doctor goes home. His wife hands him the postcard when he gets in the door. He reads it, and he drops dead of a heart attack. And as they're trying to revive him, she calls 911, medics come, they're trying to get him back, and they're like, what, what happened to this guy? And... The wife picks up the card and she reads, Spaghetti, 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 spaghetti. Two with sausage and meatballs, two without. Okay, here's some more. These ones might be funny just because they're cheesy. There's also a lot of offensive ones on there that I, I deleted. There's a couple just barely dirty offensive ones, but I know you guys could take that. Did you hear about the Italian chef that died? He passed away. What do blondes and spaghetti have in common? They both wiggle when you eat them. What do Italians eat on Halloween? Fettuccine Alfredo. What would you get? I I can't understand this joke. What would you get if you crossed pasta with a snake? Spaghetti that wraps itself around a fork. Uh, Terrorists have hidden bombs in tins of alphabet spaghetti. If they go off, that could spell disaster. What do you call? 
Sorry, I could regulate that and laugh. What do you call a fake noodle? An impasta. Where did the spaghetti go to dance? The meatball. I'm, I'm three quarters Irish, so. What does an Irishman get after eating Italian lasagna? Gaelic breath. It's not funny either. What is the dress code at the pasta convention? Bow tie. Knock, knock. Who's there? Pasta. Pasta who? Pasta pizza. We're hungry. This other one's kind of long, and basically the punchline is something about, uh... Yeah, never mind. You guys don't want to know about it. Okay, this next one's... In this next segment, I was just wondering... I mean, besides who was cutting up that wood that they put out there, and what kind of horrible planning went into putting that protecting fence up, you know, Rick's out there farming, and, and meanwhile, Carl was living in this office... That was a total pigsty. I mean, if Lori was alive and it was normal day, non-crisis mode, it, she, Rick would have lost custody of Carl. I mean, there's papers all over the floor. He could slip. It, it just it was just one thing that stuck out to me. Not in a, a fanboy way, but it's just like, it, Rick's so edgy. Because, Carl. What have you been doing for the past three days? Clean this mess up, man. Pick up some of these papers. I had a list of hazards for children in dirty homes and offices, but, I mean, it should be straightforward. I mean, there's papers everywhere. Come on, man. I don't know. Maybe I'm just being picky. Oh, and I also had a quote from Florence Nightingale. The connection between health and the dwelling of the population is one of the most important that exists. The connection between health and the dwelling of a population is one of the most important that exists. Florence Nightingale. So at some point in the episode, Herschel had a Bible, and I, I, didn't, I was like, huh, I wonder, you know, there's all these versions of the Bible, and I wonder what version Herschel was holding. So I started doing some research, and I was like, hmm, I mean, I guess you can guess why there'd be different versions of the Bible. But I started to do some research, and it's like um, a rabbit hole I'm not willing to go down on this episode because I'm trying to help you fall asleep, and I don't want to stir up any controversy or start anybody's blood boiling just because it, it seems like some people have an agenda about different versions of the Bible, and I was just trying to... It wasn't quite boring enough. So instead of that, I'm just going to, there's a lot of versions of the Bible. So sit back, and this is just going to be like Bibles jumping over a fence, and I'm going to go through the list. So picture those Bibles jumping over a fence. The first Bible is the American Standard Version, 1901. Then there's the American King James Version, 1999, Modern English. The Amplified Bible from 1965. That's very 60s. Amplified Bible, man. An American Translation from 1935. Also written by the guy who wrote An American Tale, probably. The Art Scroll from 1996. That, it sounds like a New Wave band, but I think New Wave was before that. I don't even really know what New Wave is. Like Devo. I don't know. Is that New Wave? 
an American translation from 1976, the Berkeley version, 1958, rebellious, Bible in English, that's very Wikipedia, 1949, the Bible in living English in 1972, kind of like performance art Bible, the Bishop's Bible, 1568, torturing and doing mean stuff to people that don't read it. Catholic public domain version, 2009, keeping it public domain. Children's King James version, 1962, Christian Community Bible, Clear Word Bible, Clear Word Bible, I like that. Complete Jewish Bible, 1998, Contemporary English version, 1995, Concordant Literal Version, 1926, 31, and 66. Coverdale Bible. That one just sounds cool. It's from 1535. Maybe from David Coverdale of Coverdale Page Days. The Dabhar Translation, 2005. The Darby Bible, 1890. A proper Bible. The Douay Reims Bible. And the Douay Reims Bible. Shalonir revision. Easy English Bible. Easy to read version. Bible. These are Bibles for idiots. The emphasized Bible. It must be for like boring people or something. Or I guess maybe not boring people, like people that are, I don't know. English Ju Jubilee Bible 2000. English Standard Version. Ferrar Fenton Bible. It's like a alt country band or something. Geneva Bible. Probably good with numbers. God's Word. Why would you need another Bible if you had God's Word? That's only that's a good one. Good News Bible. 1976. I remember hearing stuff about that. I think I, I've seen a few copies of that in different places. The Great Bible. A Bible that thinks too highly of itself. The Holman Christian Standard Bible. Guy had the gall to name the Bible after himself. The Inclusive Bible. This from 2007. I would guess it's probably politically correct, since maybe there's nothing wrong with that. Maybe it's just like a Bible that says, Hey, come on over here, buddy. You want to play with our group? International Standard Version, 2011. That was a dominator on the Internet. Jerusalem Bible, 66. Jewish Publication Society of America version. Judica Press. Oh, he got another person naming a Bible after themselves. Julia E. Smith Parker translation. Now, it could be posthumous. Like, people loved her so much they named a Bible after her. 1876. King James 2000 version. 2000. Remember, like, Leonard 2000? Wasn't that a really bad Bill Cosby movie? Usually if 2000's in the title and it's, it comes out anywhere near 2000, it's pretty bad. Because so I think, like, the first Death Race, to, was the first Death Race 2000 named Death Race 2000? And that was a good one, and then they came out with one right around then? I don't know, anyway. The King James Easy Reading Version. King James Version. King James 2 Version. This King James gives a lot of reboots. The Knox Translation of the Vulgate. The Lamsa Bible, 
very Eastern. The literal translation of the Bible. So you got a Bible that's a translation of the Bible. Hmm. Lesser Bible, very modest. Or maybe like someone else named it. I don't know, that's the Lesser Bible. Those people, they read the Lesser Bible. You know, most people that read the Bible, I mean, there's lots of choices, so I'm not hating on anybody. I'm just, I'm just reading this list. The Living Torah, Matthew's Bible. You got spanked for losing that, I bet. Bust out the switch. The Message. Also, probably M. Night Shyamalan's next movie, The Message. Modern King James Version. King James Reboot, another one. Modern Language Bible. The Moffat New Translation. Murdoch Translation of the Western Pishitu. Or something. That's um, sponsored by Fox News. Murdoch. New American Bible. New American Standard Bible. New Century Version. New English Bible. New English Translation Bible. New International Reader's Version. 1998. The 90s were a good year for Bibles. New International Version Inclusive Inclusive Language Edition, 1996. That predates political correctness, too, I think. The New International Version, 1978. New Jerusalem Bible, 85. New Jewish Publication Society of America Version. New King James Version, 1982. New Life Version. New Living Translation. New Revised Standard Version. Now that is some words I don't know if they belong together. New Revised Standard Version. Can the Standard Version be new and revised? New World Translation of the Holy Scriptures. The Orthodox Study Bible. Quaker Bible. Recovery Version of the Bible. Revised Version. Revised Standard Version. So you can have the Revised Version, the Revised Standard Version, the New Revised Standard Version. That's like 89. 1885 was the Revised Version. The Revised Standard, 52. Yeah, it must be some big 30-year thing. New Revised Standard, 1989. Revised Standard Version, Catholic Edition, 66. Does not come with birth control. Revised English Version. The Scriptures, that's probably what, I mean... If I couldn't, if I don't got God's word, I might go with the scriptures. Simplified English Bible, the Story Bible, the Taverner's Bible, to read at bars, Thompson's translation, today's new international version, the Third Millennium Bible, came out in 1998 though. I wonder if they were worried about letting. What was Y2K? The Tyndale Bible. Tyndale Bible, we could call it. Updated King James Version. A voice in the wilderness, holy scriptures for mountain men. Common English Bible. Webster's Revision. Westminster Bible. The work of God's children, illustrated Bible. Wycliffe's Bible. I make some Wycliffe gene thing, but these came out in 1380 and 1388. Young's literal translation. So that's literal, but only in Young's opinion.
hand that's going to do us for tonight. Um, I hope you had a good night's rest now. I hope you believe in Santa Claus. Because I do, and I believe that Herschel really is Santa Claus.